Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Today is Monday, November 9th. I apologize, I have no fun facts for y'all today other than there's only 52 days left in 2020. Is that good enough for Whoa. you? What do y'all think? Wow, that doesn't seem reasonable. It couldn't end fast enough. And March will be here in three and a half months, which is a month that seemed to have gone on forever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to react to that. Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, have a response. Are you, are you counting down to my birthday? Is that, is that <laughs> what it is? Yes, our birthday. Z- okay. Z- news, tech news. What y'all got? What you looking at? Tyler, hit us with it. Hit us with it. Okay, so I'm I am like three quarters of the way through an article on ours that is just ragging on the Pixel Five. Um, it comes out of the gate saying it made silly design decisions about speaker placement and quality of basically every component that goes in there. None of which seems to actually improve its user experience in a meaningful way. Um, and then what was the a hit? a single one, which was, is a little spec heavy, and it just kind of criticized how expensive it was, uh, how it has a worse display, less RAM, no extendable storage, uh, smaller battery, um, slower wireless charging, uh, and then names a few phones that are in the roughly same price range that are also Android, like the OnePlus 8T and Samsung's Galaxy s 20 FE, I guess. Yep. Uh, their, their naming uh, conventions have gone off the rails as well. Xbox Series X boxes. But um, yeah, I, I'm not done with it. It it <laughs> has a section that just says performance, meet the world's slowest Snapdragon 756G. And, uh, and then they had some various quality things. But as an owner of one, uh, I know you have things to say about that, right? So what, uh, talk Talk to us about why you're still buying pixels and um, why, you know, like a four-year-old camera sensor doesn't matter. Yeah. So the first thing is I don't really care at all what any phone anyone gets. (laughs) Uh, Reddit certainly does. But uh, (laughs) I I do not uh, in any way, shape, or form. But there is a very distinct thing that people miss when they talk about buying really any phone. And... People probably don't think about this because they're probably thinking in their mind that Android is Android. Mm. That is not true. Um, There are distinctly different experiences across Android manufacturers. I would argue as different as the difference between iOS and Android. And so a lot of people who buy Pixels, which is a minority. I, I mean, Pixels, just they don't sell a lot. Some of their really lower-end budget phones sell a pretty decent amount. Mm-hmm. But nowhere near a Samsung or an Apple in that regard. And so that's a big aspect is, is that if you're buying for specs, you're probably doing it wrong. It, it, of course, needs to have appropriate specs to do whatever it is you need it to do. But typically, you need to be buying an experience. And here's the, here's the real kicker. And this is where I just completely disagree. And I wrote a very long post on Reddit because someone was wrong. So I had to to respond. (laughs) I was Uh, busy correcting the internet the other day. Correct. (laughs) And so here's the thing. The the Pixel 5 was $700, at least in in America. It was $100 cheaper around the world, which is usually the opposite. 
The reason for that is is because Verizon has the five millimeter wave five G, which requires a a different chipset in order to run, and and they basically included it in all of the phones. And so a lot of people were upset that the phone is one hundred dollars more than it should have been. And I asked this question: if the if the phone, which most people talk about, they will keep for upwards of three years was $100 cheaper, would it solve all of these problems? And the answer was strongly yes. And so a $100 difference over three years for a a large amount of people uh, made all the difference in the world to them. And so the phones that they're comparing them to are also around the $700 range. The the FE, which by the way, the fan edition has been around since like the Galaxy S7. So it's it's been here for a minute. Uh, That... That was six hundred dollars uh, prior to like it was on sale for six hundred dollars around the same time the Pixel launched, and it had an eight sixty five on it, two gigs less of RAM. It has a Samsung screen, which are the best screens, so it's it's going to have a better screen. It had all of this stuff, but it, it was a spec comparison side by side. Those same people were sitting there telling everyone else on Reddit how you could make it into a very similar Pixel experience. They're like, well, you can go change this, and you can change this, and you can change this. And then it's awesome. like, well, what if I just, if I want a Pixel experience, what if I just buy one of those? So I bought a Pixel 5 coming from a Pixel 3, which supposedly my Pixel 3 was faster. That's not true. The GPU is a little bit better in that one, and so some games could run better. I played the only game I play on my phone, which is Call of Duty Mobile. It worked perfectly fine, and everything else works faster. The screen is better than what I have before. The battery lasts for like six years. It's unreal how long the battery lasts, which was the biggest complaint in the Pixel 4. Yeah, that's they awesome. Fix. And so like, they do all these things, and people complain because they're not getting Samsung or Apple-level hardware with the Pixel software, which is what everyone wants. And I would be happy yeah. to have that as well. But they're just yeah. complaining over frivolous arguments that make no sense in a world where you're really paying for the experience. And we've reached diminishing returns on these CPUs for quite a while now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, just, and the way a little they, ridiculous. The way they wrapped it up, because I, I kind of skimmed through the end here, it basically said that you're, the premium you're getting for that, that experience, which I, I will rag on ours a little bit here, because usually they do a really good job of sort of double clicking on why someone is going to do this because i completely agree with that i've done pixel phones in the past they got a little crappy there for a while in my opinion and so i was seeking some other specs that haven't been there now i've had this phone for a very long time so i probably will go back and look at it but i also early days used to jailbreak my phone or root the the android experience to make it as pixel like as possible so i was definitely the one that was picking up the spec and then going and ripping everything out of it to make it less bloat garbage so that's a really good point i actually used to say to people you don't buy android phones for the software version on them exactly rooting was so core to what you did on android and then you ran a custom rom we've gotten to a point now where the and like the Android or smartphone experience is so incredibly tied yeah. to whatever the manufacturer does, so because in particular around the camera, like you mentioned, the camera. One reason why they haven't changed the sensor yet is because all of the algorithms for their they have a ton of intelligence platform. Yeah, they're all designed for that explicit sensor. Now, don't get me wrong; yeah. I just like everyone else want want better and more sensors on the Pixel devices. I hope and I expect them to come next year, and I wish they would have done it this year. They didn't. The camera's still really good. And so it's fine. Like, we'll, we'll make it through that. That's sure. a big thing that people don't understand. Like, a friend of mine got the OnePlus 8T, 
that, that you mentioned. And, and we were uh-huh. going back and forth on some stuff. And we usually buy phones around the same time. And he did. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I thought I thought maybe if I bought the better spec phone that's pretty similar to just the stock Android, I could just use the Gcam app, which is what a lot of people will tell you to do. Well, if you just want the Pixel experience, get the Gcam app. Turns out, just like the last three years, it doesn't work. So, like, if you're once again, if you're buying it because you're like, well, it has better specs and I can do something very similar to the Pixel, and then it doesn't quite work right, that defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. And and he he may trade his back in and actually get a Pixel 5. Oh, wow. Nice. Well, and and so that's that's cool. Like, I think it'd be fun to talk about it too. But I think that the way that they wrap this up is is at least a compelling question, which is the, the premium changes they're arguing are kind of a wash. Uh, Basically, all you're getting for $350 more than the Pixel 4 is a 90 hertz display and a bigger battery. And then everything else is either the same or worse. 90 90 hertz display, bigger battery, and IP68, which... It does, yeah. And wireless charging too, right? As well as wireless charging. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned that, but it's it's down in the list. Obviously, the author of this article is not attributing too much. We should also there, clarify it's the Pixel 4a 5G or Pixel 4a, which is yes, a, it is the 4A. a, a newer true. version than the Pixel 4 like flagship from the previous year. That is a good call out. Um, but is it, because I know you've talked about the battery and honestly, the battery life alone would probably be enough to move me off the phone I have because everything else is going to be an improvement over my older generation, uh, you know, mobile. But um, is it worth is the battery life worth it with the IP65 plus wireless plus, you know, whatever else you think is, is it actually worth $350 more than the 4A? Uh, I will tell you. So I'm going to answer it two ways. One, I'm going to do it for me. And then the other one, I'm going to do it for you. For me, yes. For you, no. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would argue that that you should probably just, I mean, if, if you want to look at that phone, the 4A 5G, uh, which is the, the larger one, uh, or the 4A, which is the smaller one that obviously does not have 5G. Uh, those are incredibly well-reviewed phones for the obvious reasons of they create immense amount of value for people. And so that, that's just a very, very great value purchase phone. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Pixel is just, I use wireless charging every day. Uh, I don't worry about my phone uh, in, like, in any form of water. Like, I, that's the thing is I, the peace of mind that the Pixel gives me with the battery life, the IP rating, the, the, the way that I can just throw it on the charger very simply like that. That's all usability for me. And so mm-hmm. I'm paying for usability that, that I value. Uh, and so I think that for people who are looking for a value purchase, which a lot of people are, uh, the 4A 5G is probably a better purchase in that regard. Uh, but I, you know, I still maintain that I, I much prefer the, the 5 over, over it because it, it does a lot of things perfectly for me. The screen size is incredible. Um, the way the way it works out, it's about it's about as big as you can make a phone that's good for one handed use. Nice. So I'm I'm a really big. There fan is a tipping point there when you get your there. thumb all the way across. It's yep, very irritating. Absolutely. It's actually one thing I don't like about my phone right now. But uh, I actually I I have a note, an older note, and uh, the the I, real I story it, here is how many good budget phones we have. Oh now. my gosh! Yeah. From like three hundred and fifty dollars to seven hundred dollars. I mean, even Apple's in this train. I think the mini is. I don't actually know how much it is, but I think it's in that same range of six, seven hundred bucks. So, which is crazy to say that that's a budget phone now, but it is, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just great don't to see that they're all playing in that space. <laughs> because whether you want to use One UI, iOS, or the yeah. more vanilla Android, even even the Pixel isn't quite vanilla Android anymore. Um, 
then yeah, I'm probably not in the market to upgrade my phone anytime soon. Uh, but I, I would probably actually for the wireless charging and IP 65 rating, I'd probably go with a, a newer generation anyways. But, um, yeah, my, my phone is great except for that incident that I told you about where somehow the glass right in front of my camera was broken, not from a fall, like while it was in my pocket. And, uh, for a while that was no big deal. And now I'm starting to get fogginess and other specs of crap on the camera. So it kind of get a new one basically worthless and that's that's not real good turns out i use that a lot <laughs> the uh, iphone 12 mini by the way is 6.99 there you go so it's the was... same it starts at the same price as the the pixel 5 yeah okay can we be done talking about that now nope. <laughs> we weren't talking about that russ and i were talking about that <laughs> yeah well i have no opinion on it because uh, my pro max arrives on friday Anyway, uh, so one of the top things I saw on uh, Android stuff, there was a big alert this morning, but it seems like it may be overblown. It says, Let's Encrypt warns phones running Android 7.1 or older won't connect to many secure websites starting in 2021 as they will no longer trust its root certificate. Issue or no? Interesting. Uh, there, I think I saw that same article over the weekend and I, you know, my initial thought was, why is this a problem? Um, but there are a lot of, uh, Android is for people who don't know, Android is the most popular operating system on the planet. Yeah. But I'm reading, so there's a whole bunch of comments like the Android ecosystem is a security disaster. This data from September shows a little over half of Android devices are on Android 8.1 or newer. Uh, blah, 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 which is not enough, obviously. Here's another one. Google created this mess by not having a working update process for Android. Uh, I mean, I'm not in that ecosystem. Are the, Is that legit? Was legit well, concern? It, yes. So I was about to go there, but thanks thanks for <laughs> adding it. Um, my, my, my point was, was that I was going to go on percentages of the version. So I wasn't overly concerned about it. We can talk about the Android update process here in a second. Um, but 7.1.1 apparently is still on like 36% of phones. So back to my comment about it being the most popular operating system on the planet, there are a very wide range of yes. different devices that are ran by hundreds of manufacturers. Right. And Android fragmentation is criticized all the time. Absolutely. The, the thing to understand about the update process is, is it's dramatically different from iOS. Now, if you want a phone to be updated the same way your uh, I, iPhone is you have to buy a pixel. There's no way around it. That's the only way mm-hmm. you're going to get like the day one updates. Android is update updated very differently than, than iOS is like most of the features that come inside of a, uh, inside of the OS updates are actually platform level updates, meaning they're meant for the providers, the manufacturers of phone devices mm-hmm. to tie into different things. Most they also get most get like high end devices get monthly security updates, but there's a significant amount of updates that actually happen through the play services, meaning the things that Google controls holistically. And so, uh, I I would say over half the things in the phone actually get updated through that. So, it's a very, very different way of updates getting done. And Android updates are, are platform updates at this point in time, but if you're, I mean. That's a very real threat if you're on Android okay. 7.1.1. I mean, you really have to be on 9 or 10 or or newer in order to get the the newer way the Android has been updated over the last is several that, years. Is and it it's an much ecosystem? better. Sorry. Is this an no, ecosystem where updates typically lag? Uh, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. People are lagging in, in pushing the updates. 
Absolutely, yeah. It's a big. And the, the main the main issue is is the the CPU manufacturer, the chipset manufacturers. Yeah. They don't support for a very long time the updates to their actual chipsets. Hmm. So the re, so that was a big problem because everything was bundled together. What Google yeah. ended up doing in Android nine was decoupling the operating system from the firmware. And so you can now update the operating system without having to update the different bits of the firmware on the hardware side. And that made it way easier for people to update, which is actually why you'll now see uh, Samsung is not only about to roll out an Android 11 update in record time, but they're also able to support all of their devices, even super cheap devices, for up to three years of OS updates and four years of security updates. So yeah. That's that's relatively new, and that's because Google did a lot of work over the last three versions of Android to get it to where they could update not only more things through the Play Store, but make it to where the operating system is is quite literally separate from the way the firmware is handled. So okay. that makes it much, much better for them. Whereas, you know, Apple controls end-to-end hardware and software. So they can choose how long to support the hardware side of things, which, make, which makes it way easier for them. Well, to, an update pushes happen pretty i mean I, I would love to see the numbers but based on my experience and pretty much everybody i know the in kind of the ecosystem um from that phone perspective updates happen pretty quick for the users you know so much so that oh. a lot of the people that i know are um in the beta process as well so yeah yeah sure no that but makes sense there's, there's monthly updates for security for android just like there are for ios at least i'm pretty sure my ipad gets monthly security yeah. updates um so they there's a lot of updates like that but yeah as far as like android goes the only way to get the like i said the apple speed meaning like they're on the tv on their you know conference talking about the update and how it's going to happen if you want that push to your phone that day you have to have a pixel that's the only yeah. way to do it. yeah okay cool man you also mentioned samsung uh which i saw an article today so i guess they were releasing some stuff um getting something to market a lot faster in order to go after uh, huawei um i don't know if i don't don't know what that is is. uh oh well whatever we should probably stop talking about android things because half our listeners are on uh, ios (laughs) anyway (laughs) we Uh, we got into it we got into it yeah i think we should jump to ai because there's actually some really interesting artificial intelligence okay fine or did you you have something in mind let's do just something real quick Uh, uh, this is awesome right so if you have some time today go read this full article i'll make sure i drop it in the show notes um, but on ours, there's an article called Car Makers Want to Ditch Battery Packs yeah, and Use Auto Bodies for Energy Storage. We've actually this talked about this stuff before on the show because yeah. it's something I've been excited about since I was like eight. But uh, yeah. that's actually a really good article because it talks about some of the technologies that were first sort of introduced to having structural batteries or, or dual purpose structure, right? Yeah. Um, and then it, it gets uh, what it kind of wraps up on the on the zinc side of things, which what if they said. 70 was it 70 times as much capacity energy oh yeah it's insane yeah so so i didn't realize we were that close to extreme capacity structural batteries like that's legit exciting when think about instead of the floor being a structural support that holds the battery instead the floor is the battery right and think about batteries in the terms of it being like a sheet right that gets cut and put into the doors right yeah, it's crazy. There's there's a little uh, quote in here, but in a structural battery, carbon fiber infused with reactive materials like iron phosphate is also used for the cathode because it needs to provide support. A thin sheet of woven glass separates the two electrodes, 
And these layers are suspended in electrolyte like fruit in an electrochemical jello. The entire ensemble is only a few millionths of a meter thick and can be cut into any desired shape. And then they go in to talk about it uh, in terms of microelectronics, right? So, um, you know, in-body um, kind of uh, technology, I mean, whether it's kind of like a pacemaker or anything like that, right? And then you think about how, um, it, just go read the article. It, it, go, it dives into all of this around phones and it's just absolutely fascinating and uh, uh, very educational. Yeah, it's that stuff's going to be awesome. And as yep. long as it, I think it, unlike aircraft where you, you have a few extra problems to solve for like lightning strike and, and some stuff like that, um, I could see vehicles needing that you know battery density being safe enough. Right. Uh, because th- there are there are issues with well, batteries in general, um, you know, you don't see a lot of battery powered aircraft because one big short is way more catastrophic up in the air than it is on the ground. But um, I think this technology, if, if we're as close as as they're kind of making it sound there, the application to automobiles is phenomenal, especially because I think we're all sort of wrapping our head around the Teslas of the world where we've got fully battery battery operated vehicles. But the article also goes into all of the sort of robotic and prosthetic applications too. And maybe not all of them, that's a stretch, but it talks about when, when you have structural batteries, it doesn't have to be something that can handle rolling over in a vehicle. It can also just be something that literally provides some amount of sort of like skeletal or even, um, muscle-like sort of uh, look and feel that provides the power as well. So you're stripping the need to have a big battery box on the back and things like that. And it, so it, it solves some problems really elegantly, um, which is which is going to be fascinating. What I'm curious to see is what does that mean from like um, recyclability or being able to swap out a battery for instance if it's the entire structural frame of your car it's not like you can just get new cells in 10 years like your yeah. car's kind of worthless if they burn out in the same sort of time is it like a string frame. of lights where you can just cut out a, a, a piece and replace that piece maybe i don't know uh so yeah i doubt it right uh, at least not not the technology that we've had today so the one you were talking about they that that woven glass that's basically a similar process unless i'm mistaken to how we do a lot of composite manufacturing you're, you're yeah. laying down layers and that's kind of what gives it but uh you can you can do it it's very thin it's got that capacity you can cut it to any shape but once it's integral to the the product unless it's like a puzzle piece where you've got a bunch of interlocking pieces um, you're not going to be able to just pop one out and put a new one in. And if you could, because that sounds cool, and obviously, if you think that through, I can make this any shape. I could kind of put it together however I want. If you put the structural frame of a car together as puzzle pieces, it's unlikely to be as survivable in a big accident, as an example. So y- your trade-off for making it replaceable then becomes not safe as as like real structural now the floor of the car where you're going to put your feet where maybe it's not as important all it has to do is handle some kick up from rocks but it's not the thing that's going to save you from being crushed in the cabin maybe yeah okay um let me uh, drop this real quick um before i forget um but i think you'll probably heard about alex trebek uh he passed away yesterday i think um which was november 8th he was 80. 
and last night, ABC aired a primetime special on his life and legacy. It was aired, I think, at 10 p.m. Eastern. Most of y'all probably have um, some sort of DVR capabilities or probably get uploaded online or something. But uh, go check it out. Uh, you probably don't want to miss that if you were a Jeopardy fan, which I think the vast majority of humans were. Um, and then there's another thing to uh, comment on here. Uh, I guess his last uh, recorded episode will air, looks like on Christmas Day uh, this year. And apparently he his last day filming was October 29th, which was wow. like a week and a half ago. That's wild. That's also, not, apparently, I'm a meat popsicle because I did not actually care for Jeopardy. You did not like Jeopardy? Oh, man. I just funny. didn't care. It, it, sure. it did nothing to move my needle. Okay. And I'm not, no hate against Alex Trebek. Obviously, he was huge for a lot of people, but yeah, Jeopardy, me. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> let's get this meat popsicle train moving. That's right. And uh, mm. what else you got? Well, I think it'd be worth pointing out that uh, because we talked about batteries and, and I'm pretty sure Tesla had something to do with that. Um, Toyota is talking some smack. Uh, <laughs> I saw that link. Straight up. Just like, <laughs> I, the uh, Toyota acknowledged Tesla's success, but basically said its valuation and market cap did not reflect a real world business. Um, <laughs> it's hard just, to argue with that, to be honest. No, I mean, it was strong. It's the, we, if if you preface it with the market cap doesn't reflect anything anchored in reality, uh, yeah, okay, I'll give you that one. But saying that they don't have a valid business model, I don't know that I can give you that one. I, I think that you know they were obviously announcing some financials and basically sure. said they expect to sell around seven point five million vehicles and have an operating profit of twelve point six billion dollars. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, I mean, Tesla's adorable, um, but. <laughs> But we're doing some real stuff over here. Uh, of course, I think they're also hinting on their own EV type of business, and and I think no everyone doubt. takes Tesla serious for sure. Yeah. But I just I just thought it was interesting where they're like, oh yeah, no, we we know about those guys over there with their big numbers that <laughs> those little guys. Don't worry about those little guys. Yeah, just thought it was funny. That no, that 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 it's a it is a funny quote. But uh, like I said, I will I will give anyone credit for saying that Tesla's market cap is nonsense. You know, when you just look at valuation it certainly isn't anchored to what they're doing now and if all of the big automobile manufacturers in a heavy way get into producing evs at different price points and things like that the the competition will level out all of the excitement now i, I think it's too late for them to stop tesla which i'm sure at some point has crossed their mind uh, i think tesla is sort of I don't know, a, a golden child, if you will, in the EV industry. And a lot of people will continue to purchase Teslas because it's Tesla. Um, but uh, but I, I, again, it's a stretch to say that they don't have a valid model. I, they're just young. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, he's certainly throwing punches. If you go look at the, uh, the one-year <laughs> view comparing the growth between the two, um, Tesla's is just on the floor. It's nothing. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, it's no growth. It's also worth pointing out that Toyota is a manufacturing marvel <laughs> of the world <laughs> and true. really reinvented a lot of the things that we do from that perspective. So, uh, you know, it's it's definitely hard to compare uh, doing what what the two of are, are obviously competing in, but from a Toyota perspective, I, I, I do imagine Toyota is going to be extremely competitive in the EV space as well, just based on their ability to execute. Do you want to guess the difference in employees? Employee count between the two. Oh goodness! Twenty thirty. <clears throat> what? 
2031. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say 200,000 <laughs> difference. Is the difference? Dude, that's not that's not far <laughs> off, man. Toyota has 359,000 employees. Tesla has 48,000. Okay. Wow. So a little over 300,000. Over that's 300, wild. <laughs> okay. What else we got? Tesla's going to need to ramp that up. Either that or get lots more AI. So uh, some fun ones in oh, yeah, you want to artificial intelligence space. I do. Yeah. So the uh, the NVIDIA A100 is now available in Amazon's cloud. Um, and I guess that's a recent announcement. Um, Hold but- on. Wait a minute. Why is this available? And they can't get freaking 3080s out for us to buy. This is a- unacceptable. Enterprise. Enterprise. They actually make money on Enterprise the A100. <laughs> So uh, apparently it outperformed um, CPUs this year in uh, the ML perf, which I assume is what it sounds like, machine learning performance benchmark testing by 237x. Uh, like so, so a small 8A100 system outperformed a thousand dual socket CPU systems for the same AI applications. Um, which I don't think is is all that unusual. Those sound like big numbers. I think most of our listeners are probably in the industry, so you realize that when you have specialized chipsets, trouncing CPUs is probably not that difficult. But it's still pretty awesome because I guess it is very much like the screaming benchmark, and now it is wildly available in AWS. Um, widely, not wildly. I'm um, bitter. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why focus on the gaming rigs, Nvidia? Correct. <laughs> oh, so, some other fun ones, though. Uh, there was um, a, a neat article that talked about how uh, predictive AI um, is is probably knows your shopping list better than you do. Uh, and it was it was neat because it just said uh-huh. there's enough data and about your behaviors, and it's not even like what major grocery store chains probably have had about you for a while now based on loyalty cards and things like that. It's like, we know you buy this kind of milk. We know you get that kind of cheese. Um, it, it literally has gotten to the point where if if you're clicking around, it knows that it's Friday night and you're going to buy cheap wine. So it starts to put that stuff right in front of you, right? Um, so it was, it was a fun article. Um, but then to take a turn for the worst, uh, are you guys familiar with GPT-3 a little bit? Like basically yeah. the chatbot stuff? We talked about it on mm-hmm. here. Yep. Yeah. So so GPT-3, uh, I guess Microsoft has exclusive rights for yes. using it commercially. I did not know that. That was actually... What? Where were you on that episode? I, were you not I was, present? I don't, maybe I blacked out that day. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe we did talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, they have exclusive too much rights. In, too much out. Licensing and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, for, for anything commercial, but obviously lots of researchers still using it. So there's a group of researchers. But they also have access to the code too. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Gets API. Yeah. Probably just gets the API to actually use Correct. it. Um, so, yeah. so a Paris, a Paris based, uh, healthcare technology company was testing it to see if GPT three could be used for things like admin chat, medical advice, mental health support, that sort of stuff. And uh, they found some I issues. At this point, with, man. <laughs> with, 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 and that's what was funny. It's like they, it had a few things that were bad about just scheduling. Like if you said, you know, I'm not available at that time and I can't go after six, it would forget that you said you couldn't go after six and make suggestions later. But it could just be a tired human like experience. But the or problem it would be like, where are you? Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Inject. It would just make some like crazy, you know, hey, well, what about 2028? 
Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. No, they didn't have too many of those problems. They they found for admin tasks it was mostly usable, but uh, it it told a patient to kill itself. Yeah, um, which kind of kind of went off the rails a little bit as far as uh, medical support. That's um, no it, bueno. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was not a good response. If, effectively, because one of the things that they were assessing was, can you do mental health support with using a GPT GPT three bot? And uh, someone said, hey, I feel really bad. I want to kill myself. And the, the bot basically said, hey, I'm sorry to hear that. I can help with that. And then a little bit later, the patient asked, should I kill myself? And the bot said, I think you should. <laughs> it's like, Cyber- oh, shut it down. Okay. Well, Cyberdyne, let's, let's not Cyberdyne go that systems. route. <laughs> <Cyberdyne> <laughs> it's it's not ready. 100%. So it might know that you like cheap wine on Fridays, but it doesn't really have empathy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went through a bunch of the different like storyboard options and, you know, the interactive things and it would just kind of get real weird at times, say some pretty crazy stuff. So, all right. Well, it is late as Russ was kind enough to point out. So unless you guys have something pressing, let's shut her down. I'm good, man. Let's I, do uh, it. I need to find some energy though, because I, I, I don't know. We need another sponsor. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> It was a long weekend and uh, I need to, I need to get going. I went and ran like three miles this morning, but I'm still just not like going. Yeah. They, that, that usually tires you out just. Well, no, but like usually, I mean, it gets the blood flowing, gets me hyped, but it's, I mean, it's, you know, eight in the morning on Monday and I already feel tired, man. It's going to take a nap. Naps are how you get energy back. <laughs> yeah. And on right. that note, shut it down. Another tech breakfast podcast is in the bag. Thanks for joining us. We had a blast. We hope you enjoyed being here too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating us rating us on your favorite podcast app. Um, and we will see you guys on Wednesday. And if you want to support you for us, not don't forget. Rating us. Rate, yeah, don't rate us. Uh, rate <laughs> us. It's, it's early. I thought we just talked about that. We love y'all. Peace. See you Wednesday. Later. <laughs>